Welcome to another episode of the Brewlist Podcast, where indie video games and craft beer unite. This evening, we're going to be reviewing Planet of the Eyes and also Roarbox Neoteric Series 1.1 Interplanetary Logger. That's a mouthful. It is. It is a mouthful. <laughs> it's a space case of case study of beer and indie video games. And speaking of case, I'm Casey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jackie. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this um, this game, the the Planet of the Eyes, right? Whatever emotions I've managed to give you, are any wishes I can take them back. Hopefully, the things on this planet won't turn you into some kind of monster. Truthfully, I don't know what they're turning me into. So it is a very, very interesting game, a unique art style. I actually met the maker of the game. Um, the, the studio is called Coco Cucumber, and they are based out of Canada. Um, fun fact behind the game is that they received funding apparently in Canada they care about video games like art and offer grants for people to build their own video games so they received one such grant and that's what they used to make this game um, they also have another mobile game but the name of that one escapes me but it is uh, I met Martin at PAX East and he was a super cool guy we talked for a little bit and uh, I got to play this game before it was out. So when I saw that it was finally being released, I was really, really excited. Couldn't wait to play it. Uh, so I had played the... There was like a story mode and then there was like a puzzle mode at that time. I played puzzle mode and that was exciting. Yeah, so that was at... So that was April 2015? That was, that was like months ago. Okay. Yeah. Seems like such a long time ago, right? Yeah, I know. It's a long, <laughs> long time ago. So this one kind of feels like it's my baby. However, I did pay my own money for the game just so as a disclosure. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was worth every penny. But we'll get more into that in a moment. Yeah, this game, um, so like you said, it was Coco Cucumber. Um, I didn't get to beat them, uh, but I wish I would have. Martin sounds awesome. Uh, the plot of the game is that you are a stranded robot um, on this planet, and you don't really know why you're there, um, other than you, you pretty much land, um, crash land, and you're navigating through it. So lots of puzzle solving. Um, I guess you would call it a side-scrolling game too, right? Yeah, because it's, really, it's not really 3D, even though the graphics... There's stuff in the dimension. Yeah, them. yeah. But they're not like they're not like three dimensional. It's I would consider it a side scroller. I would say, um, and it's aside from the air style, also some of the the plot. At least from what I've discovered, there's a scientist who developed you and built you and all of that good stuff, and you collect clues as to why you're there along the way. Um, and another thing too is that when you die, it's like a different pattern every time. So if you blow up, you're gonna blow up in different ways. If you keep dying in the same place as I did multiple times. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't blow up. <laughs> you just become disassembled yeah. <laughs> in a very creative manner. Oh wow! Um, so this game, what were you, well, what were your like initial? Uh, 
thoughts on the on the game and we can kind of go more into the game a bit it was i found it to be challenging but as i kind of discussed with martin when i met him it wasn't so challenging that i wanted to like throw my controller and walk out it was kind of a it incentivized you to do better the next time you kind of you kind of begin to learn what you need to do to get past certain points in the game and it's kind of it's like an evolutionary activity so as you go you find a hazard you figure out how to get past that hazard and then there's something else lying beyond but it's not so insurmountable that you're going to be stuck in the same area forever yeah i think did did you ever play limbo no i've never played limbo it's so it reminded me a lot of limbo um if you haven't played limbo i don't know the studio behind it but uh, you're kind of like in a shadow realm almost. So the color, your character is in shadows. All the things that you encounter in like in shadows. So at least in the foreground, everything is pretty much just black and white. Like mm-hmm. your eyes are like white. And then in the background, there might be some colors. And then there's like this. I mean, there's little obstacles mm-hmm. that you have to try to get past and everything like that. Um, it's a very fun game. Limbo is very fun. I can mm-hmm. understand why it's popular. Uh, this... This reminded me of a mix of that, and it also reminded me of a mix of uh, Journey. And I don't know if you've ever played that game. I've played it a little bit. I own it. I haven't played all the way through of it. But now that you mention it, yeah, it does very much resemble that art style. Yeah, so Journey um, by that game company, uh, also the makers of the game uh, Flower, um, <laughs> The thing about that game, and it reminds me a lot with Planet of the Eyes, is that they tell you specifically, at least with Journey, I remember Moses, uh, who, who writes for our website, uh, Don't Forget a Towel, um, told me, turn off all the lights, mm-hmm. crank up your television set, and don't stop playing it. Like, don't take like days to play it. It's only a three-hour game journey. Mm-hmm. Um, play it all in one sitting if you can. And... Um, the advice that I saw uh, when I went to the uh, the developer's website um, for this game was keep the lights off <laughs> if mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. uh, put headphones in so you can hear everything. It didn't say play it all in one stretch, but because um, I played it, I mean, I'm not a great video game player, so I played it for a couple hours and I didn't beat it, so I don't know how long the game mm-hmm. is supposed to take, but... Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think that those are really good if you're if you're getting into the game. Um, those would be good pieces of advice because it is very atmospheric and the background's constantly moving. The music is really nice and somber, but then there's also noises that are going on, like when you encounter fire and you hear like the crackling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they did a very good job with sound design for this game. Absolutely, absolutely. What um, I know, you really like the robot. A lot. What did you think of the design of the robot? Who doesn't have a name, or does he? I can't. I don't, I don't know. Re- I don't know it. that he has a name. But I was uh, like, I was telling you, I'm like, I really wish that they would release some like screen printed posters of this game yeah. because I feel like it would lend itself so well to just being like art. Yeah. It's yeah. Just it's just a beautifully constructed atmosphere in the game, and they did a really, really, really good job. Yeah, I liked um, a lot of the... It looks like 
I don't even, I don't know, like a 50s like poster or something like that. Uh, Like Metropolis. If you've ever seen the poster for Metropolis, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, Just like really hard lines. Um, Something on the cover of like a 50s pulp novel. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the robot kind of looks like a, the top of its head kind of looks like a Polaroid. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> you just want to cuddle him. <laughs> he's a pretty, he's pretty cute, actually. He's a pretty um, sweet dude. And you know, there's no speaking. Uh, there's just noises, which is kind of like Journey again. Uh, Limbo as well. You don't. There's no. The only voice you hear is the scientist when you encounter these little cassette tapes um, that tell you a little bit more history about him and a little bit about the world. You know what I mean? Um, what did you think of, like, the environments, like, it, the, the the world? I mean, it's called Planet of the Eyes, so... But there's so why? much more to it. There's, um, you know, like, these, like, weird... There's this, like, weird flea creature that I encountered very early in the game. And actually, I had to look up how to get past him because um, there's, like, little, like, puzzles and, like, bits of the environment that you have to move around. Yeah. So, like, you'll encounter some of the areas where you'll see these, like blocks that look like they're toppled over but if you connect them with another piece they become like a electric field yeah sort, which you actually have to use to stun the flea creature then move the block well a giant go. flea though <laughs> he's a giant flea he makes the ones that i you know encountered on my pets growing up look like insignificant little things because this is like if i saw this on an animal i would probably burn my house to the ground to get rid of it yeah not that i would actually do that because that would be a waste of my time and money but it was terrifying i think um now that you just mentioned it because i didn't i didn't really make the connection that it was a flea but do you think it's possible that maybe like it is a flea and maybe you're playing like on an animal (laughs) Like, maybe they'll make, like, that, like, it's a earlier, you know, like, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids type of situation. Like, maybe you're in a normal environment to us. Like, it's, like, the carpet. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's, like, that's, like, a very, very crazy, uh... I wonder if you get to the end of the game, um, if that is, in fact, the case. Could be. Uh, I noticed, I mean, being that it's called Planet of the Eyes, like, your main character has, like, a little eye shutter thing like a Polaroid and there's lots of in the background environments there's lots of eye uh mm-hmm. trees I don't know what the best Bushes, way to yeah structures that have little eyes on the top of them yeah like everywhere you go it's kind of like one of those like find you know like find the eye like sort mm-hmm. of thing if you just took like a screenshot from it like where are there different eyes like to make up the environments um which is pretty cool uh, I liked I liked the encounter uh, with a flea and like other creatures. Did you find it? I know you said it was like satisfying. Did you get frustrated? Did you get stuck? Uh, I did get stuck, um, but it wasn't like. Or I was, was it the flea part? Uh, I got stuck on the flea part. I got stuck on another part shortly thereafter. So that one I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. But, <laughs> Um, I mean, like, you do get stuck, and you do find points where you're like, oh, I've got to go on the internet and find out, like, how did other people get past this? So there's some, like, Let's Play videos and whatnot. It's only been out for, like, general release for about a week as of the time we're recording this. Um, that's, but, that's crazy. 
I yeah. didn't know it was like that short of a time. Yeah, it hasn't been out that long. I've known about it, of course, since PAX, but... Right, right. Um, yeah, you're right. It was released um, on August 24th, and we're recording this uh, in the in early September, so that's crazy. Yeah. We must have got it like the first day it came out. Uh, I bought it the day of release, I think. All right, I, and then you probably told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I'm going to do it as well, because it's, like, it's on Steam, like it'll be on sale or whatever, so... Yeah. We bo- I bought it, and I was like... I was also just really excited to get my hands on it. Yeah, finally. yeah. It's, um... I can tell you, like, as soon as I started playing it, I instantly got happy. Like, it's, it's like... If you get a chance to play Journey, um... Or in limbo, take the time, like take the three hours, play through it. Mm-hmm. You will not be dissatisfied. And I think this is another one of those types of games where you can, like, I picked it up a couple times throughout the last week or two mm-hmm. weeks or whatever. And you know, really easy to just jump back into it. They're really good about their save points too, um, mm-hmm. which was nice. Uh, there was a couple parts that I actually had a lot of fun with. There was a part where like. I was on a giant log, and um, it was on a, a teetering environment. Mm-hmm. You had to jump to the end of it and then jump to the other end, mm-hmm. and it was, like, sliding down all these spikes and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a, like, it's, they definitely do enough variety into the different puzzles and ways to figure things out that it's not just, like, pull this here, um, which other puzzle games have done, which have not done as well, where you just have to pull something, jump on something. It mixes it up so it's yeah. not repetitive. Definitely. Definitely not repetitive. Uh, so, I don't know. I had a... It's a, it's a really fun game. I'm going to be really interested in finding out, like, how the reception is after it's been out a little bit longer um, with, you know, critics and other people who are playing it on uh, playing it on Steam. So, oh, well, speaking of which, because we've said Steam a bunch of times, that's where you can get it. Yeah, you can get it on Steam right now. It is only PC, but I believe they might possibly be trying to also get it on Mac. Yeah, which would be... Be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. I could see this. Um, I know both PC and... Um, and Xbox or Microsoft, whatever, have been doing a lot more stuff with indie developers, especially, or sorry, PlayStation, um, mm-hmm. especially PlayStation. Like, that was, like, that's, like, one of their huge things. And I know at this year's E3 that uh, Microsoft was starting to um, move more into that territory as well. But I would not be surprised if you saw a game like this come to consoles, Um just because yeah. the control scheme is so easy to Yeah, do. it's also, I believe, at some point going to be on SteamOS because one of the things that was big at PAX was the Steam machines, and mm. they did have a couple at their... Booth. Those are still coming out? Yeah, they also... <laughs> the one... Actually, the machine that I played it off was like a custom-built like box Okay. that they made, and um, people were able to play on it. So I also would not be terribly surprised if it becomes available on consoles because it's super, super fun. Um, I feel like it would almost be like a natural, um, a natural fit for like Nintendo. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got, you know, it's more complicated than like a, a typical side scroller. I will say that. Yeah. Um, there's definitely more of the shifting environments and stuff like that. It's harder to kind of, um, 
grasp in some games. I mean, not to say that it's a hard game at all, but you know, you really do have to think your way around the environment and how to use it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's like, I've noticed like there's some areas that are like secret areas. Um, oh, I will say this. I did find a glitch in the game um, that I had to like consult the Wikipedia or whatever, like a YouTube video on mm-hmm. is uh, I kept, <laughs> there's an area where I was sliding and mm-hmm. I kept sliding into like oblivion. So I was like, what is going on? Like I'm sliding and then I would jump off. And then if you jump, you can sometimes, you know, explode if you land, like if mm-hmm. it's too high or whatever. So I kept sliding. Then I would go into the mountain that I was sliding down. And then I was like, well, that's not right. Cause then I would slide further through the mountain. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up having to actually close out of the game and go back into it. And then I slid to an actual place that I was supposed to go to. And I was like, well, no shit. <laughs> Cause I watched the, the video and I'm like, well, how did this guy... Oh, You're he, not broken. The no, game is broken. No, the game is broken. <laughs> All right. I'm not just an idiot who doesn't understand how to play this game. So Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, so what do you think rating-wise of the game? I I would give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. I thought it was just... It was a lot of fun. It's like... it's It gives you enough to think about, but you're not going to sit there bashing your head against your keyboard because you can't get past an area. And I just, I think it's beautiful. The music was good. And I found myself being very interested in the actual storyline. Yeah. As I went. Because I'm like, well, this is raising all sorts of questions. Why is this, why is this robot here? (laughs) Will we find the scientist? Like, where is this going? Yeah. (laughs) It is, um... That's true. I, I like that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say it too. I it's very rare that I jump right into a game and instantly feel like happy. Like that I'm okay. I mean I play like, you know, Batman and stuff like that. I guess I feel happy for punching criminals in the face. But um As you should. Yes. This is a game and I like games like this. I like games where I can just jump right into it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like Batman or, or whatever where I have to, like, go, oh, yeah. man, I'm I'm literally stuck here, and it's going to be a pain in the ass to get me out of this situation. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, like, the controls are not that complicated. No, you don't have to do any crazy combinations or anything pull, like that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you don't have to do anything really fancy to get around, and, you know, it works. It does also work with an Xbox controller, so if you have one of those, you can play the game. Um, I, I just used the keyboard, yeah, and it didn't yeah, it prove was, any difficulty whatsoever. Yeah, I found it actually easier to play with the keyboard than I did with the... Um, with the controller? The controller, yeah. I mean, I think, like, they'll probably... You know, if it comes to consoles... Um, it will probably be easy. Did you play with the keyboard first and then the controller or vice versa? Um, I think I want to say I probably played with the keyboard first because I have a couple of other games on my computer that I play with my Xbox controller almost exclusively. Yeah. Uh, so I think I played with the keyboard first and then I just happened to have the controller plugged in and I played it with the, um, with the controller. Yeah. I think it was, um, I think if you get, if your first initial, way to play it is either the keyboard or the controller. That's what you're going to get used to. So if you're a console gamer and that's what you pick up, I think it won't be any big difference. But playing that on the keyboard first, I can see that it's very natural. It's very... So, you know, the hand placement and whatever, it's very easy to to get into it. Absolutely. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I guess, you know, if you want to say perfect game, then yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's not too difficult, but it is difficult. Uh, the music's really good. The graphics are really good. They're very simple. Um, most of the, like I said, take a screenshot of almost any point in the game and it could be a piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, I like minimalist art anyways. And like, that's yeah. kind of like what this is. So, um, so yeah, Coco Kimber, Cucumber, if you're listening, if you want to make any posters, I will buy them. Yeah. Or you want to send us some posters too. And <laughs> you know, maybe PC, uh, or other console copies of the game. We will <laughs> those too when they come out. Hashtag shameless plug. Right. Um, so yeah, get it on steam, uh, get it now. Um, and yeah. All right. So that is uh, Planet of the Eyes, and we're going to go into our beer. All right. And so our beer selection for this episode is the Rohrbach Neoteric Series Edition 1.1, which is the Interplanetary Lager. This is a part of a limited collection of beers that they've created there's another one out right now that I think is only available at their taproom called Space Kitty, which is an IPA. Uh, this one's just, it's a lager. Um, the the beverage itself, it's got a very strong, hoppy scent to it. It also has a very hoppy taste. Which it seems like there's a little bit of like citrus to it, which is nice. Um, it does, I feel like it reads more like an IPA than a lager, but... The color is really nice. It's kind of a medium amber color. It's very similar to an apple juice, I would say, like in terms of color. Uh, but the actual series of beer is by the Rohrbach brewer, Eric Bishop. Um, for those of you who don't live in the area, Rohrbach is a brewery that is in Rochester, New York. Mm-hmm. It's been here for, I want to say, about 20-some years. Uh, they're kind of the granddaddies of the craft beer movement here and they uh they decided they were going to do a um limited edition beer uh the neoteric series they're going to try a couple things they do have a lot of very traditional beer styles they have a highland lager scotch ale um ipas a vanilla porter a blueberry ale um just a lot of different traditional beers and they're kind of you know changing things up a little bit with this series um, I wonder why they call it neoteric. That I don't know what it is. I'm not certain of. And apparently, <laughs> there's also another one called Penelope, which I have also not found. So um, there's apparently quite a lot of things. Uh, oh, a neoteric is a modern person, a person who advocates new ideas. So, so that is why they call new it new ideas in beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. If you guys ever get a chance to to get up to to Rohrbox. Uh, it's a, it's a cool brewery. They also have like a restaurant attached to them as well. Um, we'll be reviewing like more of their beers throughout future episodes because they're literally down the road, um, from where we live, which is nice. Uh, so the Neoteric series, uh, you know, they're mixing this one. It's a, uh, India pale ale. Um, well, this one's a lager. Indie Pale Ale Lager. The Space Kitty. It's a crisp, hoppy lager with hints of orange, grapefruit, and rye. 
Yeah. Which I definitely get that. Um, oh, but. yeah. All the things I hate about beer um, are in that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like this, so the the smell of it, like as soon as you smell it, is grapefruit. And like this is totally personal preference. I do not like grapefruit. I do not like the taste of them. I don't like the smell of them. Every time I think I'm going to like it, the sour and bitterness of it hits me and I go, I hate this. Why did I try this fruit? Mm -hmm. Just because I watched that Seinfeld episode. I don't know what it is, but I don't like them. So if you're a fan of grapefruit, I will tell you that you will probably enjoy this. But You'll appreciate the flavor. You'll appreciate the flavor. Just from a personal standpoint, I do not like it. He does not personally enjoy it. <laughs> Um, I, I don't mind it. It is definitely when I think in terms of lager, I'm not thinking hops. I'm also not really thinking citrus flavors. That's why he's neoteric. It's a, it's a new idea for lager <laughs> yeah. for certain, but I feel like it does read more like an IPA to me, at least in terms of the IPAs I've had yeah. previously. It tastes very much like an IPA. It's maybe not as crisp as an IPA, but it definitely has the hoppiness that I have come to expect with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wanted to take a moment and talk about the bottle, though, because I actually think this looks pretty sweet. It is a very, very nice design. <laughs> yeah, the design, uh, and we'll have pictures up on, on the Facebook and uh, the social media, like Twitter and, and Instagram, but it looks like a... Well, it looks like an interplanetary. There's like a Saturn ring type thing. It's in a you know, there's a moon and everything like that. It's a it's a really cool, um, interesting uh, label. So mm -hmm. I do like that a lot. And I think that they used like local artists um, in the Western New York and Rochester, New York area to design the covers for all these. So I thought that that was pretty nice that they incorporated the uh, the area. Well, I mean given that they've been around longer than pretty much all other craft breweries around here. Yeah. Um, or period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're uh, keeping it local. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But, um, yeah, going back to the taste of it, it just... Uh, so the, the grapefruit's the first thing that it hits. Um, I don't think the taste lingers too long on the front of the tongue, but on the back of the tongue. Like, right now, I haven't had a drink of it in at least a few minutes, and I can still... Just taste that sour and bitterness of it. Yeah, it does definitely linger, even though it's not really like a heavy beer or a thick beer or anything like that. The hops does stick with you and the grapefruit does stick with you. Yeah. Um, one thing that we noticed is that it, we could not find the alcohol content of this beer Which anywhere. makes me nervous. It's not even on the website for the brewery, and that's usually the place you can count on it. We checked beer great beer, yeah. beer advocate. I did a Google search for it, and it's nowhere to be found. For all we know, this is 30% alcohol, and I'm going to be like falling all over myself in a matter of minutes. Yes. Maybe that's the point. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It's going to knock you out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably it. Um, why did we choose to uh, to pair this beer uh, with Planet of the Eyes? Well, uh, it's obviously <clears throat> the space theme. So we have Planet of the Eyes. You're on a strange planet. You've got interplanetary lager. Um 
and they're kind of like, you know, like new ideas in space. So you have the Neoteric, it's a different take on a logger. You've got Planet of the Eyes, which is kind of a different interpretation of a puzzle game that happens to incorporate a lot of really awesome elements. So like, it's a well-crafted game and a beer that somebody put a lot of thought into but may not necessarily be to our tastes. Yeah, the the game definitely exceeds <laughs> the beer that we uh, we paired with it, I yeah. would say. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, it's... Um, the the game is fantastic, and uh, like Jackie said, it new ideas. I think that's the reason why we did it. So when we when we choose the beer um, and to match the game and vice versa, uh, we may not have actually played the game or drank the beer. Um, oftentimes, that is the case. So we try to match the feeling behind it. Um, usually, it might be one or the other that we okay we've played this game. Let's think of a beer that would go with it and vice versa. Um, so maybe down the road we'll get a little bit better at it. Um, you know, listen to our Mario episode where we, we did Mario Brothers 3 and we did Flower Power uh, beer. I think that was a pretty good pairing mm-hmm. with that one. This one, not so good. <laughs> with It was more of a experimental yeah. slash theoretical pairing. Of the beer, um, your mileage may vary. You might I think, think it's perfect. Yeah, like- as I said before, it's not any. I don't want to be completely mean against the beer. It's not for me. I just yeah. don't like if it's the grapefruit. Honestly, that's yeah. it. It's so bad for me. But it's surprising because you liked the flower power ish, and that had grapefruit in it. I don't think it was as overpowering as this because this probably has a really high alcohol content. I mean, maybe it's a four, and maybe we're just really uh, whining. I don't know, <laughs> but it uh, it didn't seem as as overpowering as this does, in my opinion. Yeah, it didn't linger on my mouth nearly as long. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's give our rating. What do we think about this? I'm going to give the beer, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Why? It's, it's not, it's not terrible. There are some things about it that I don't mind. I do not mind the grapefruit. I don't mind citrus. I actually really do like citrus and beer. Just the hoppiness was way, way, way too much. And I would have preferred the hoppiness go away a lot quicker. <laughs> okay but um also just a little bit nervous that we couldn't find the alcohol content anywhere so you're scared for your life scared you're scared of this beer (laughs) i'm afraid of it terrified (laughs) i'm i'm going to give it a five it might sound mean and it's strictly personal it's i'm personally judging it on the fence that um, I'm not opposed to a beer lingering on your palate for a long amount of time, but it's just that the taste is like very jarring to me. I just don't like it. The initial smell, uh, was like very potent, uh, with the, with the grapefruit hint and then drinking it, I was like, oh my gosh. All right. This is mm-hmm. like, this is a kick in my mouth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that for for people who don't mind hops and they certainly don't mind citrus, then this is fine. Like this, 
this mm-hmm. is your beer probably um, because I will say that you know we've tasted shit beers throughout our days. I've tasted a natural ice before. It is not that. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, maybe down the road we'll do our our crappy beer episode where we drink uh, Milwaukee's Beast and Bush and <laughs> all those. Labatt bourbon ale. Yeah, the classics from oh, uh, my childhood. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I will say that so. If, if you like those kind of beers, then, then this is a good one. Um, so where can we get this, and uh, when can we get it? Well, it is a limited edition, so if you are interested in trying it, you're going to want to try to get it soon. Uh, you will likely be able to find it in a lot of places that carry Rohrbach. Uh, I believe it is available at the brewery. Yeah. So if you live in western New York and you can make it to Rohrbach Brewery, you can get it there. I found it at um, a grocery store called Hegedorn's. And that's in Webster, New York, right? It's in, yeah, it is in Webster, New York. And also, you can try places uh, like a specialty beer shop. Their distribution isn't very far. So if you're outside of Western New York, you're either going to have to trade for it. I have never seen it outside, personally. Yeah, I, I, I haven't even seen Rohrbach beer in Buffalo, which is right. not even that far. Yeah, it's like an hour and you're away. Dis- yeah. Like I said, the distribution is not very wide. Um, you might be able to trade. This one is bottled, so you may be able to trade it if you're outside and you happen to have a friend or somebody who lives in Rochester who can find it for you. Right. I have not seen this one at Wegmans, at least not at the Wegmans by my house. No, I haven't either. You're so right. it's. I would imagine that the distribution is very, very limited. So... If you're going to get it, then you've either got to come to the brewery or you have to have a friend who's willing to hook you up because you're not going to get it otherwise. Yeah. Unless we're really nice to you and we want to send you on. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Cool. So uh, where can you find us? Well, first and foremost, you can check us out at brewlist.com. That'll get you links to all of our social media you can watch us on our YouTube page, which is just YouTube. We are Brewlist. You can also follow us on at Brewlist on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Brewlist. If you like what you heard here and want to get more, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And then if you have any beers or games that you'd like to suggest to us, or maybe you have a better pairing for this game, yeah, let us know at Brewlist at gmail.com. I would be interested to find out what uh, what someone else is like. No, you know what? This would be better for it. <laughs> um, if you are a, a craft brewer and you want us to review your uh, beer, we will also do that as long as it doesn't have something in it that isn't going to go well with us, like anthrax or something. Anthrax, <laughs> illegal <actually>, drugs, yeah. <laughs> in your case, lactose. Yeah, if you have a lot of milk in your alcohol, I will probably not like you. <laughs> it, he won't be able to drink it. It's an okay. automatic fail. Um, <laughs> no coming back from it. Zero out of ten gastrointestinal distress. Inducing, yeah. But. Uh, and as Jackie mentioned, uh, the YouTube page will have our, our video episodes on there. So if you want the TLDR versions of the podcast, you can check out the video. But then you actually have to see our faces. So I don't know if that's a good or bad incentive. Probably a great one. But anyways, um, you can check us out on the YouTube page to watch the videos. And, uh, you know, we'll 
do more. Uh, we're actually going to be adding stuff, right? We're going to add interviews uh, mm-hmm. down the road yep. with different breweries and different uh, video game developers, indie video game developers. So you can check those out on there too. Excellent. Perfect. Anything else you want to say about Planet of the Eyes or interplanetary, uh, isoteric, no, neoteric lager? <laughs> Only, you know, get out there and try some new things. There's a lot of really cool games. There's also a lot of really cool beers out there that you, uh, if you blink, you might miss them. So keep an open mind. And, uh, like, I found Planet of the Eyes by accident at PAX. So, and we're very happy you did. <laughs> and I'm so happy that I did. So, uh, you know, just keep your eyes open and, uh, you know, play local, drink local, and stay thirsty. And uh, this is Casey saying uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>